0: This is the Commission Church Online. Welcome to our podcast. We want to be a church who brings heaven on earth through the word of God and the love of Christ. I pray this week's message blesses you. Everybody doing okay? This is so special. This is really special. I hope you realize that um, there are pastors who live their entire lives wishing that they could have a room like this full of people. And in four years, look what the Lord has done through your pastors. Uh, this is very special. It's very sacred. It's actually really, uh, it, it's it, it's so uncommon to see this after four years. Uh, this is a move of God. And I know it's hard because you can't see the forest between the trees, but this is extremely special. And I liken it to like when Moses delivers the people of God 400 years of generational slavery and they're walking through the the, the sea that's been parted the waters have been parted and I can just picture in my, in my mind's eye like fathers grabbing their sons and mothers grabbing their daughters and saying this is what we had been praying for like this what Moses is leading us through and taking us out of this is what grandpa was talking about that would come this is the this is the moment that would come. And I can just see children like, like we have here today, which is so beautiful. I love it so much. Just like running their hands against the wall of, of ocean water, you know, seeing the, 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 the sea creatures, but they could actually touch it, but it wouldn't fall over, you know, and just being in the middle of a miracle. Do you know where you're at today? You're in the middle of a miracle. Four years old. To be standing room only and overflow rooms and all of that you're in the middle of a miracle let's not get accustomed to the supernatural to where we normalize the miraculous but instead every time we get a chance to be in the presence of God can we just thank him for his goodness come on you can do better than that give him a shout of praise if you made it to church today come on let's let's thank God for his favor on your life And this would not be possible without the sacrifices of your leaders, without the yes of your pastors, without their uh, tenacity and willingness to stay up late and wake up early and to uh, go where no one has ever gone before. It's not just pastor appreciation month, but it's the fourth birthday of this incredible church. And if you take out the COVID year and a half, two years, it's really only your second birthday. Because we all know that nobody counts COVID time. Calories didn't count during COVID. Nothing counted during COVID, all right? Uh, There was a lot of fake numbers going around during COVID. Calories were one of them. I'm like, calories don't count during COVID. Church attendance didn't count during COVID, okay? Just looking at the camera, smile and wave. I hope someone's watching from their couch in their pajamas right now to think that the church survived covid a church this young you're only four years old if you have a four-year-old child they're not living on their own doing everything on their own you're having to lead them and guide them and walk them and feed them and do everything this church is is a is a little it's like maybe older than a toddler but not even in school yet if you think about it that way in relation to a four-year-old human being the church is how old are you nine okay you're a lot older than the church you're older than the church how old are you five six years old. how old are you three years old you're like just one year younger than the church think about that for just a moment the grace of god the favor of god the 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 anointing of the holy spirit upon your pastors and this church For you to be here today is really a dream come true. And if you're here for the very first time, you can just close your Google search browser for new churches. You don't have to go shopping anywhere else. You found it because why? This is home. This is a, a blessed place. It's a place where the favor of the Lord rests. And you have to thank God for that every time. So one more time, let's just thank God for his favor. Let's thank God for your pastors. Man, it's so special. It is so special, and I'm very grateful for what God is doing here, and I'm grateful to be a part, and um, I have th- three children of my own, and so I'm fully aware of what I'm up against this morning, and I'm so excited to preach to a family service, and we're going to have a good time, and so uh, you don't have to shush the kids. This is like what, it, this is what it's like. Uh, this is the family of God, and uh, really, I picture Jesus trying to teach without a sound system, and they sh- tried to hush the kids, you know? He didn't even have a yelling and, and having to communicate. And yet he says, no, 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 let the little children come unto me. For, for they will inherit the faith, like childlike faith. Those are the ones that inherit the kingdom of heaven. And so you don't have to worry about uh, your kids. Now, um, you know, I have three kids of my own. And a matter of fact, um, we were uh, 19 when we got married. And then 20 years old when we became parents for the first time. And then 24 when we had had three kids. We had three kids by the time we were 24 years old. And uh, to God be the glory, uh, they're all still alive. And I'm still alive. These are city miles. These aren't highway miles. But to God be the glory, um, when we were 24 years old, after we had our third child, they were all three basically still In diapers um, we moved from Florida to North Carolina to start the church from scratch we had never lived in North Carolina I had never been there I had no job no promise of health insurance uh, no guarantee that anybody would actually like what we did and uh, I got a job at the local Panera Bread Cafe I think they might even have a photo of it I was bussing tables this is about um, 15 years ago or so uh, I was busing tables at the local Panera Bread for $7.25 an hour, three children at home trying to feed them for minimum wage. and. If you know anything about, there's nothing wrong with working at Panera Bread. It's just, it's really hard to provide for a family of five while working as a busboy at Panera Bread. And I remember asking my manager, because things had gotten so tight at home. We believe God for great things to plant the church, but we had no idea how to do it, what we were doing. I remember asking the manager at Panera Bread, I said, hey, with the leftover bagels today, instead of throwing them into the dumpster, can you just leave the bag of bagels next to the dumpster? And then when I clock out, I'll just go around to the back of the the restaurant and I'll grab the bag of bagels. We only had one car at the time. I didn't even have a nice SUV. Um, you know, I still don't have a nice SUV. Do it for me, Lord. If you did it for the Matthews, you do it for me, Lord. I receive that blessing. Even if it has a dent in the side from a mailbox, I don't care. I'll fix it. (laughs) We only had, we only had one car at the time. And, uh, and so I remember I had to walk home, and I walked home with a trash bag full of bagels in order to feed my family. And uh, now, 10 years later, our church has celebrated 10 years old, and we, we started in elementary school. gym. It, it brought me back PTSD. I started scratching my arms. It's like, it made me itch, you know? The toilets were elementary kid's size. And so I'd had these big men walk in the bathroom, trying to figure out what they were supposed to do, because the toilets were all real small. Yeah, yeah, they're so low to the ground, it was tidy, it was like really bad and uh they had like artwork all over the place it was like none of it was good you know it was all kids artwork and so we covered it all up and so it brought back ptsd from seeing that gym picture but to god be the glory 10 years later uh, we're now one church in three locations and uh, we have over a thousand people gathering right now as we speak they're wrapping up their uh the second service at our main location and and uh, to god be the glory for all that he's done and and I, I'm just grateful to be here, and I'm grateful to talk to you about uh, f- the favor of God. Uh, on the fourth year, I believe that it's it's really imperative that we talk about God's favor. This is God's favor, by the way. The, 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 the favor of God is upon you. And I don't know if you've ever experienced the favor of God. How many wanna walk in the favor of God? You say, you know what, in, in, in the next in the fifth year of our church and in 2023, in the new year, I want to walk in God's favor. I don't want to walk uh, in anything else other than the perfect pleasing and goodwill of God. And so I'd like for you, if you have a copy of God's word, 1 Corinthians 16, 5, just stay with me for a couple more seconds and then I'll pray for the word and, and you guys can uh, make me sound uh, you know, more spiritual while I read the Bible. Whenever you guys play that angelic pad behind me, it just ushers in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 16, five through nine. This is Paul writing to the church in Corinth, 53, 54 AD, around there. This is his final instructions. I'm coming to visit you after I've been to Macedonia for I am planning to travel through Macedonia. Perhaps I will stay a while with you, possibly all winter, and then you can send me on my way to my next destination. When he says you can send me on my way to my next destination, do you know what that is uh, Paul speak for? You can take an offering is basically what he's saying. He's like, cash at me, dude, so I can go to the next place. Essentially, when when Paul says, you can send me, he's saying, dude, I need some money. Uh, This time, I don't want to make just a short visit and then go right on. I want to come and stay a while if the Lord will let me. In the meantime, I will be staying here at Ephesus. So he's writing from Ephesus to Corinth until the festival of Pentecost. Verse nine, there is a wide open door for a great work here. Although many oppose me, I've got the favor of God. Although many oppose me, great things are happening. Although many oppose me, things are going well. Although many oppose me, you never have favor without a fight. And Paul understands this where he says, There's a wide open door for a great work here, although many oppose me father thank you because your word is a lamp unto our feet a light unto our path it's truth that's accessible at all times it's right there in front of us it's on our phones it's on our ipads it's in paper and it's not even illegal for us to preach it and proclaim it loudly and boldly so we thank you for that freedom we thank you for the boldness to proclaim the good news and i pray that the favor of God would rest upon Commission Church and every family at the sound of my voice, those online and in overflow and those with us here today, may the favor of God rest upon them. In Jesus' name, amen. and Amen. Thank you guys so much. You'll be back in a little bit uh, whenever we close, probably around my third or fourth closing. I don't know how many closings there will be, but... There should be some multiple closings for a traveling preacher. Uh, something happened that was miraculous in my family a couple months back. I was taking my two oldest children to a uh, youth camp. Anybody ever go to like youth camp before? Um, and so I was, I, was, I was preaching at this youth camp and so we had to drive to this youth camp and uh, something miraculous happened in this youth camp. Two kids, they all got along. <laughs> it was a miracle. It's a miracle. It's like what's happening, Shekinah Glory, sweet perfume in the back. Fill this room, fill this car, whatever you're doing, Lord, in that back seat. Keep doing it. They were sharing an iPad. They actually had share sharing the headphones. If you have kids, you know that this is impossible. This is a miracle of God. Like, this is like biblical miracles happening in the back seat while we're on a six hour drive to Georgia. Two preteens, you know, 12 and 13 years old, sharing AirPods, sharing an iPad, in the back seat of the car, driving like, man, this is weird. Weirdly quiet back there. You guys should be yelling at each other. And sure enough, maybe a couple of hours into the drive, it happened. Stop doing that. Why do you always do that? And I don't know how you grew up, but I grew up where my mom just said, Jesus, take the wheel. And she just looked back (laughs) and just kept driving. There was no pulling over. Okay. She handled business while still on the road. And I, I did the same thing. And uh, you know, I said, what's going on back there? Now, if, if when I was growing up, my mom would have reached into the glove compartment, you know, and six wooden spoons would have fallen out. And I'm Puerto Rican, so it would have been like a chancla, which is like a Hispanic flip-flop. It's not an Old Navy white person flip-flop. It's like a Mexican flip-flop. You know, It's like real hardcore. I don't know what culture you came from, but my mom, six wooden spoons and a flip-flop in the glove box at all times. Uh, I mean, yeah, my dad is Puerto Rican. My mom came from Eufaula, Alabama. So she one time made us go get a switch. Like she, she. I mean, for real, for real, no joke, discipline. I didn't have any wooden spoons. So I just turned around and I was like, what's going on? Don't make me pull this car over. And my son goes, she keeps skipping the credits. <laughs> so it's all like, I'm trying to compute what's happening. They're watching a show and my daughter keeps pressing next episode before the credits have finished rolling. Now, they don't know nothing about how we grew up with Blockbuster, Be Kind, Rewind. Like, these kids are spoiled. They could just go to the next episode and not have to watch the credits. But my son thought that maybe there was some sort of secret or extra scene that was dropped into the credits of whatever show that they were watching. So he was getting upset that my daughter kept pressing next episode before the credits had rolled all the way through. And if you're not careful, when reading the book of 1 Corinthians in the 16th chapter, Paul is kind of finishing up his letter to them. He's in the credit section and he's basically just sharing with us his travel plans. Go to Macedonia, Macedonia there, then I'll stay a while, but I don't want to go until I can stay a while, but I have to stay here. And then in in verse number nine, he gives us what might quite possibly be the most applicable verse to the season that Commission Church is in. Probably to the season that you're in. At least to the season that I'm in. And this is the verse. He basically like soft tosses it. It's, a, it's like hitting a beach ball. It's the easiest verse in the middle of the credits. So we gotta be careful to not skip the credits. Because sometimes God could speak to you there. Here's the verse. He says there's a wide open door for a great work here in Plano, Texas. There's a wide open door for a great work here in my marriage. There's a wide open door for a great work here in my family. There's opportunities that are endless. There is a wide open door for a great work here. But then he says, although many oppose me. (laughs) Well, which one is it, Paul? Is it opportunity or is it opposition? Paul's like, no, you don't understand. It's both. It's not either or, it's yes. Do you want a great work? Do you want to do great things for God? Yes. Do you want many to oppose you? No. Guess what? A great work, great wide open door for a great work is here. Opportunities are endless. Also, many oppose me. You know this from planting a church there's a great opportunity here in Plano, Texas, yet many oppose you. It's like the landlord don't like you around here and the school's gonna kick you out and the toilet's too small and uh, you know this, that, and the other. Um, one time, we, had, we were at a high school and it was a, we, had a, we had enormous growth. It was a high school auditorium and it was, things were going really well. And I got a call from the principal and they said, <laughs> this is terrible. They said, uh, we looked on your website and we saw that you had a petting zoo out in the parking lot. And when we say petting zoo, we're talking like little bunnies and chicks for Easter. It wasn't like anything crazy. It wasn't like wild horses or anything. You know, rabid coyotes running around the church. It was in the parking lot, not even in the building. And they evicted us because we had broken the rules of no live animals on the property. For like little baby chicks. I'm not talking like, you know... We weren't leaving hay everywhere. There was a great wide open door for ministry, although many opposed us. And we got evicted. I remember not wanting to tell the church. <laughs> As a pastor, you've got to face these fears. You're like, okay, how can I word this to where it looks like it's a good opportunity? <laughs> so there was a park across the street. It was in the middle of, of summer when, when our contract had ended. It was the next Sunday was 4th of July. And so I said, hey, everybody, it's Fourth of July next Sunday, so we're just going to meet in the park across the street. <laughs> it's family fun day. And uh, I'm trying to work out, trying to figure out what we're going to do. We have about 400 people in the church at the time, and so it's not like a, it's not like a house church where you could kind of just go to another house. You had to find a space that could accommodate. And so we found this golf course. The country club um, had like a little you know, area for them to do like events, banquet hall. And so I told the lady, I said, ma'am, we use subwoofers. We use bass guitar and drums, full kit. We don't even have a fishbowl like that. It's like, we, we're, it's going to be, it's we don't we do not do church like maybe you think church when we, I think church, you think church, two different churches. And I remember, we had a great opportunity. It was gonna be affordable. We're gonna go to this country club. And I can remember, down the hall was the restaurant for all the bougie people that have golf club memberships, you know? So I could hear the golfers complaining that their parking spots were taken. First Sunday we get there, or we just got, we just got kicked out, trying a new, new space. We're all nomads, you know, we're the people of God wandering in the desert, looking for the promised land. And then I look over, I could look down the hall to see the brunch happening for all the wives while the husbands are playing golf at the country club and the ladies' orange juice from our subwoofers. Is shaking as if there was an earthquake. And you could just tell, she's like, never again. (laughs) Who's in charge of the event room down the hall? (laughs) You know, we got kicked out of there after three weeks. (laughs) So then I was like, all right, church, how do I explain to the church? We just can't land somewhere. We can't. We're the people of God wandering in the wilderness. You know, what have I done? I was auditing every sin that I had ever committed in my life. God, please forgive me. Whatever I did, if I, you know, if I if I thought too much about ESPN, Sports Center, if I watched too much football, Lord, forgive me, God. I will do whatever. Help us land in a spot. And so, it's like we have great opportunity with great opposition. It's both, you know. So we ended up at a a friend of mine's church. is a It's called Potter's Hand Church. And I said, listen, I just need to borrow it. I just need electricity and a roof and some chairs. We'll bring all of our equipment in. And for six weeks, he let us borrow his church on Saturday nights. Um, and the same Sunday, <laughs> this is amazing. This is the miracle of God. The same Sunday that I had gotten, we had gotten kicked out of the high school, that they had evicted us, a church about 20 minutes away, a legacy church with our network, which is called the Assemblies of God. They had 60 acres of land. Their pastor resigned and moved actually i think over here to texas to houston so you got this church looking for a pastor for 8 weeks and you got this church, you got this church looking for a building for 8 weeks you have a flock that is shepherdless looking for a shepherd and a shepherd that is pastureless looking for green pastures And the providence of God, there was great work, although many opposed us. And what happened is our church was able to merge with this existing legacy church, and we inherited 60 acres of land with zero dollars down. And our church merged the two churches. That was five years ago, and there was a great opportunity. And to God be the glory, it's going well. And I only share that testimony to tell you that a lot of times what comes next in your ministry will be opportunity, and it usually is the same sided coin of opposition. It's like anything that's worth doing is almost always includes a fight for it. Like if you did the traditional way of dating whoever you're married to now, it's like my wife made me fight for that, man. She played hard to get. I'm like, "Can I have your number?" She's like, "No. I was 14, so I was like, "All right, I'll come back next week <laughs> when my mom drops me off at the mall. <laughs> Can we meet up at the mall? Your mom dropped you off? It's like, you know, we don't even drive. You, know? so you, you made me work hard for this, you know There was no apps for this kind of stuff. you know you had to work. In order for me to find the favor of God, I had to fight for it. You can't find favor without a fight, you know It's uh, it's like a, a, a rubber band. It's only, it only works when it's pulled back. It only works when it's tense. Have you, if, if you ever, you know, a, a rubber band only is effective when there's tension that gets created. You've seen this in your life. There's been tension in your life where you're like, why in the world does it feel so difficult to do this? It's because sometimes it's not the wrong thing. It's the right thing. Isn't that interesting how sometimes the right thing can feel as tense as the wrong thing? Because God is developing you in you a root system, like he did with Paul, where he says, there's a great opportunity here at Ephesus, and I got to stay here. Although, many oppose me. So, you got to wrestle with this tension. See, if it was easy, it would be a life with only open doors. And that's not what you want, because you'll never really learn anything if everything's always handed to you. Does that make sense? A life only with open doors doesn't build the resilience that comes from the resistance. And the enemy doesn't want you to win, in case you're wondering. In case you're feeling attacked by the enemy right now, it's because you're about to do something great for God. And it's a tension to be wrestled with, not a problem to be solved. As a matter of fact, Paul shares this. Can we do a Bible study real quick on this tension between opportunity and opposition? Let's just do a Bible study and then I'll preach a little bit at the end. First Bible study is this. Paul compares and contrasts this Venn diagram approach. You, have, you know what a Venn diagram is? It's like two circles and where do they meet in the middle? You got opportunity, opposition. He says this, but if I, in Philippians 1:22 through 24, but if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. <laughs> I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me on the sea of glass and on the streets of gold and on the pearly gates and in, in, in all glory. I want to go to heaven. I want to be in heaven. I want to be with the Lord forever and ever, amen. But for your sake, it is better that I continue to live. Even Paul struggles with wanting to even be on earth. And, and here's, do we do you want to go to heaven? okay. Four people want to go to heaven in this church. One for every year that the church has been alive. So do you want to go to heaven? Okay. Until we go to heaven, we are torn between two desires, and our job is to reach our neighborhood for Christ so that we can bring them to heaven with us. A lot of times, it's not our job as Christians to just wait until heaven comes to us. We have to start bringing heaven to earth. It's important because Paul understood this. He's like, man, I wanna, I wanna surf on the sea of glass. I wanna drive on the streets of gold with my SUV with a dent in it from a mailbox, you know? I wanna open up the pearly gates. I wanna sing with the angels. But for your sake, what Paul says, for the sake of my neighbor, for the sake of Plano, Texas, I'm gonna stay here because there's still work to be done. There's still territory to be conquered. There's still services to be added, ministries to be started, missionaries to be sent, churches to be planted, families to be raised, marriages to be restored, babies to be dedicated, water baptisms to happen. For your sake, I'm glad I'm here. Paul says, for your sake, meaning while on earth, I'm not just going to twiddle my thumbs until heaven arrives. That's not the job of the Christian. We live between two desires. I want to go see Jesus. I do too. But until then, I'm going to make sure Jesus is here in our midst. Even Jesus, he, he explains this tension with peace. He talks about this in John 16, He says, I've told you this so that you can have peace in me. He says, here on earth, you'll have what? This is from Jesus. Jesus, the promise. You, I mean, you like the promises of God? They're yes and amen. Here's a promise from Jesus. <laughs> you ready? don't like this one. This one is not on your coffee cup. Uh, Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. (laughs) How many of you want to sign up for multiple trials, multiple sorrows? It's not just one trial and then you're done, you're done graduated. It's not just one sorrow and then it's a season of sorrow and then I'm up and I'm over. In this world, you'll have many trials and sorrows, but then he gives us the other side, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Aren't you grateful that you don't have to just live in trials and sorrows without the ability to overcome them in Jesus' name? This is the tension that we live in. I want peace. You want peace? Okay, there will be many trials and sorrows. But take heart because I have overcome the world. Even Jesus personally wrestles with this tension as we study his word. How many of you have been water baptized before? You've been water baptized, baptized in water? Oh, awesome. You know where they took me after my water baptism? The Golden Corral. (laughs) Because that's where you go in America after you get water baptized. There's nothing that says congratulations on going public with your faith than a Salisbury steak that's been sitting under a lamp for three and a half hours. Nothing says congratulations on your water baptism like an ice cream machine. That's not broken like the one at McDonald's is always broken. Jesus gets water baptized, and they don't take him to Golden Corral. He gets water baptized. The public profession... This is my son, God says, with whom I'm well pleased. The sky opens up, a dove, the Trinity is seen in, in like the first time we see the Trinity in operation in real time. And guess what the next verse says, Matthew 4, verse 1, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. How many of you want to be led by the Spirit? You want to live by life by led by the Spirit? How many of you want to be tempted by the devil? <laughs> Sorry. Same sentence, same sentence. There's a great work here for ministry here at Ephesus, although many oppose me. There's a great work here in Plano, Texas, although many oppose you. Why? Because anything worth doing is worth fighting for. And anything that the enemy notices that you're doing, he'll always try to add heat to the fire. I love that it's your fourth birthday, King Nebuchadnezzar, he, he throws three men in the fire, I was going to preach this. I changed my mind. The Lord changed my mind. But, uh, and then he looks at the fire, and he said, there's a fourth man in the fire. On your fourth year, there is a fourth man in this fire. And it says that they were walking around uh, no longer bound up, tied up, no longer, uh, hair was not cinched. It says they didn't even smell like smoke because there was a fourth man in the fire. What is it? Is it to be led by the Spirit? See, God's favor will always trigger the enemy's forces. You wanna live in God's favor? The enemy will not like that. You do know that there is an enemy who seeks to kill, steal, and destroy. He is looking to, for who to devour. You guys with me? If you want the favor, you gotta know it doesn't come without a fight. As a matter of fact, you rarely have favor without a fight. Uh, Psalm ninety seventeen says, let the favor of the Lord God be upon us and establish the work of our, our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. In the fourth year, what God is doing is he's just establishing the work of your hands. He's establishing the work of God's hands. He's saying, God, you build your church. We sang it this morning. Build your church. Build it from the ground up. It's your church. That's the favor. And what I've realized is a lot of times the force against me is indicative of the favor That's on me. Have you ever noticed whenever you start going on the right track, the enemy tries to remind you of your past. It's like, all right, we're going to go to this marriage conference. And on your way to the marriage conference, your wife brings up something that you did 26 years ago. Like how in the world, we're about to go heal our marriage and the devil going to use this argument to try to get me to make a U-turn, you know? you ever been like okay we're going to serve in church or we're signing up to serve we're going to be on a team here at commission church and and like the first day you put on the lanyard you're getting ready to go to getting ready to go it's like all right we're going to stop by the drive through at mcdonald's you know beforehand and the line is like forever long you're like the devil don't want me to get in search to serve in the nursery for the first time you know Here's what always happens. You start to tithe. You start to give. You start to be generous with your finances. You walk outside after putting a check in the bucket, and your engine is falling out from from your car. You're like, how in the world does my car break down every time I start to do the right thing? Why? Because the enemy knows that you are turning up the heat in your life, so he turns up the heat on the attack. When the favor begins to come, so does the fight. So why are you surprised? (laughs) Why are you surprised when you get pushback? It's because there's there's plans that he has for you. There's purposes that he has for you. There's new things on the horizon. And the enemy would love to keep you in mediocrity. He would love to keep you just settling for less. He would love to keep you kind of just a shallow, lukewarm, I-attend-every-once-in-a-while type Christian. But that's not what favor does. Favor triggers the enemy. And he triggers the enemy because he sees your potential. He's like, uh-oh, 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 the church is starting to grow. Uh-oh, there's no more seats left. Uh-oh, people are starting to sign up. Uh-oh, people, people are starting to actually uh, commit to the ways of Jesus. It doesn't get any easier. It just gets better. When you follow Jesus, it doesn't get easier. It just gets better. I've been teaching my son how to uh, harvest deer. I don't know if y'all do that around here. Okay, well, we're pretty redneck in in North Carolina. And so I've been teaching him how to hunt for deer. That's how much I told the team last night. I love y'all so much. You know how much I love y'all? That I would come here during deer hunting season and give up my Saturday, yesterday, my morning. I'll, I'll hunt on the church land before preaching. I'll just take my camo jacket off and put a suit coat on and go right to town. I killed a deer on a Sunday morning, left it in the woods, preached, and went back and got it after church. And so for me to be here right now, I'm like, you know, real nervous. Maybe the big one's getting shot by somebody else. I've been teaching my son. And I mean, we went to Bass Pro Shop and spent $4,802 on all the stuff. It's, you can't go to Bass Pro. It's like going to, for a woman to go to Target, you know, you're not just buying one thing. When we go to Bass Pro Shop, we're not just buying one thing. We'll come out with a four-wheeler and a boat, financed with 11% or whatever the APR is, stupid. So we went to, the, to Bass Pro, we got all the camo. I mean, we did the like everything that YouTube University has taught us, okay? everything. You put the dough urine on the bottom of your boots to uh, make sure that you don't leave a human scent in the woods. We're just getting started. This was a couple years ago. And we're we're walking quietly in the middle of the night. It's like 3 a.m., you know, in the middle of the night to get there before sunlight and we sit there in the tree stand up in the tree and we're looking for the deer and it's like cold we're bored he's 11 years old he doesn't care he wants to play Fortnite. that's all they want to do He just wants to play video games we're not going to do that or we're going to hunt some deer we're going to become like the people in the church you know we're just trying to become like them so nothing i mean crickets every squirrel we thought was a deer was a squirrel you know just So get down, take a nap, go back up in the evening, you know, nothing, get down, wake up again, the whole week of Thanksgiving. I mean, the whole week, every, not a single thing moving. I mean, we didn't see, I mean, we didn't see nothing. I'm like, man, this is not going to work. This is not good for the morale, you know? We're driving home from Thanksgiving vacation after spending a million dollars at Bass Pro and waking up in the middle of the night I mean exhausted it's supposed to be family time and we're like barely stay awake because we had just worked so hard to try to get a deer and my son yells from the back seat of the car stop I got one he said pull over there's a deer dead on the side of the road I said, son, we're redneck, but we ain't that redneck. You know what I'm saying? We're not going to take roadkill. We're not from Alabama. You know what I'm saying? It's like, we're not going to do that. And I had to explain to him at 11 years old that we only hunt that which is alive. And the same applies to when the enemy comes to attack you. Because God has not abandoned you, and because his favor is upon you, because you have so much potential in your future, and because his plans for you are so great, he's not after what's already dead. He only hunts that which is alive. So if it feels like you got a target on your chest, if it feels like the pressure is on you, it's because favor is on you too. The devil doesn't hunt what's dead. He only hunts what is alive. And some of you have forgotten that God put inside of you a seed of potential that has yet to be realized. And the enemy believes in your potential more than you do sometimes. He only hunts that which is alive. He only steals what's valuable. He only steals what's valuable. I was getting a, a, a security system installed in our house and like the, not, the guy solicitor, he, he got me. And it, it, most of the time, I'm pretty good. Like, I'm not going to let you try to, you know, you can't, you can't try to sell. You can't hustle a hustler. I started a church from scratch, man. I convinced people who were hung over to come to church the very next morning. I mean, my drummer, I don't even know if he was saved in the early days. You can't hustle a hustler, man. I know how to make things happen. And he convinced me to install this security system. He was like so good. He kept, he kept talking about how valuable children were. And I'm like, stop bringing my kids into this, all right? You're gonna make me buy this system. And he got me. He said, all right, we're gonna put a camera back there and a glass break sensor near this window and this doorbell camera and you're gonna... I just wanted the little sign, because the sign is what they say stops the guy. I said, how much for the little sign, dude? I just put it out there, you know? He said, no, I can't sell you the sign. I'm like, man, i just buy a sign on Amazon and be just fine. They say that the thief just ignores this, you know, doesn't ignore the sign. Anyways, I we got to the garage. I got like two rakes, a shovel, and a, like a broken bicycle in the garage. And I'm like, what are we going to do to protect the garage? And he looks at me, and he looks at what's in the garage. And he's like, we're not going to put a sensor in the garage. He's like we only secure that which is valuable. We only protect that which is valuable. He said, if a thief came and stole the rake, it goes, you might feel a little uneasy, but it wouldn't end your world. But if it got to your kid's room, if it got to where you and your wife sleep, that's where the value's at. The enemy is not interested in stealing that which is not valuable. So when you feel attacked and you feel opposition, it's indicative of the value that you have here on this earth. So if your marriage is going through a hard time right now, it's because on the other side of the season that you're currently in, there's probably a marriage life group that you'll lead one day and you'll share a testimony and people will say, thank you for sharing that vulnerable testimony because I needed to hear that, that we could make it through it. If your kid is currently far from God, a prodigal son or daughter, it's because there's favor on their life that the enemy does not like seeing. And so when you pray them back home, when you pray them back into right relationship with God, what it's doing is it's giving the enemy, it's giving the enemy the foresight to know I am not someone to mess with. If there's favor on me, there's a fight within me. Paul understood this. I'm at Ephesus and I got to stay here because there's a great work for opportunity here. Although many oppose me, I want you to know that there's something significant inside of you. There's something significant inside this church. It's a great opportunity here. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Whatever, whatever God calls you to do, we're, we're behind you. Why? Because we, we believe that the favor of God is upon the... If this is year four, if this is year four, my friend, I was homeless at year five for eight weeks, lying to the church about where we'd be next week. If this is year four, I can't imagine year 40. The only thing you have to do is stay at Ephesus. The only thing for your marriage that you have to do is not quit. The only thing that you have to do is stay in it, stay in the fight, stay at Ephesus. Why do you have to stay in it? I wanna to go to Macedonia. I wanna go visit you in Corinth. I can't go there because the opportunity is too great right here, right now. So stay in the marriage, stay in the fight, stay grounded, stay rooted in the house of the Lord. Why? Because favor follows the faithful psalm sixty seven verse one and the keyboard can come and play. I don't know if this is when I'm supposed to end or not Pastor says I preach too short I don't know I just preach I just stop preaching when I start getting hungry that's normally that's normally my indicator I hear the zippers of the purses of the women in my church and I hear this my stomach rumbling so I have to have the keyboard play over my stomach rumbling and then I end up but if this is too short, I'll just keep going. I can just keep going. I'll just keep making stuff up. I'm, this is just a joke. I hope you understand. The people are like, that guy's preaching. The serious word of God. He's, we're laughing too much in this church today. This is a birthday party. It's supposed to be serious. <laughs> it's okay to laugh in the presence of the Lord. It's okay to celebrate his goodness. It's okay. This is a safe place for you to receive the favor of God. To receive a new measure of his favor. This is a safe place for you to understand that when you go out there, there's opposition. But when you are in here, there's opportunity. This is a safe place. Psalm 67 verse one, may God be merciful and bless us and may his face smile with favor upon us. I just really believe that this is a house of favor. And I believe that the same favor that rests on this house can rest in your home, can rest in your marriage, can rest on your business. Maybe, maybe you're in a season right now where you're like, it just doesn't feel very favorable. I just don't feel like this is very favor, favorable for me. I wanna let you know, favor of God's in the place and it can rest on you today. It can rest on you. How many of you want God's favor? I want God's favor? Favor doesn't come without a fight. I speak life right now into pastor. May the favor of God rest upon your entire family. May the favor of God rest upon this church, these children, everywhere you plant your foot, everywhere you step, everywhere everywhere you go, everything you do, everything you put your hand to, every plow that you put your hand to, every dream that you dream, every vision that you have, May the favor of God rest upon you. May the favor of God rest upon every ministry initiative you do, every leadership meeting you have, every conference you host. These children are, are not are not going to, are, are, they are going to follow in the ways of the Lord. They are not going to fall to the wayside. They are not going to be pastors, kids, statistics in Jesus' name. We cover them. We cover them in Jesus' name. No harm will come to them. No sickness, no disease in Jesus' name. We pray right now over them, oh God. They're coming and over they're going in Jesus' name. They are blessed in the city. They are blessed in the field. They are blessed when they come and when they go. We cast down every stronghold. Sickness and poverty must cease. In Jesus' name, I pray financial provision over this house. Every bill will be met. Every need would be met financially for this church, every every single initiative, every missions initiative, every building improvement, every, every equipment upgrade, everything. Blessing and favor right now in Jesus' name. Blessing and favor, you walk in it right now. Walk in it. I speak favor over every family in this congregation, every single family member right now. Just blessing and favor over the marriages in this house. Oh, there's great opportunity, but there's also great opposition, but we lean into the favor of God saying it is the favor that I want to walk in. I speak favor over every business in Jesus' name. Every startup, every every tech company, every insurance broker, every real estate agent, every single person in every industry. I pray right now, inflation has no place over Commissioned Church. Increased costs have no place in Commissioned Church. I pray for miracles, signs, and wonders and provision to follow the house of the Lord every single time you open up your laptop. Every single time you open up your inbox, there will be miracles that come that display the favor of God over your life. I pray for favor right now over every teenager, every young person, every college student right now. As culture wars against them, I pray that they would understand that the Bible is truth. That they don't have to go the way of their friends. They don't have to go the way of the world, but instead they can go the way of the Spirit. Spirit. And it might be countercultural, but it is in tune and in step with your will and your ways. I pray you would protect them. I speak blessing and favor over every single person in this house. Anyone doubting in their faith, I speak confidence to believe in the truth, for the truth will set us free. I speak favor over those who might feel like giving up. You feel like giving up this morning favor over your life right now. Remind, you're not dead. And if you're not dead, God's not done. If you're not dead, God's not done this morning. You are not roadkill, abandoned on the side of the road. Instead, you are alive and well, and the promises of God are yes and amen. And the prophecy that you heard at a younger age, it is yet to be fulfilled, but it is coming. There's a great work here. There's a great opportunity here. There's a wide open door here, although many oppose me. Uh, if you are going through a season of opposition right now, would you just, with every head bowed and every eye closed, would you just raise your hand? You say, I'm just, I, I'm going through a struggle. I'm going through a fight. I'm not going to call you to the front. I just want to be able to pray for you. Favor over your life. Favor over your life. Favor over your life. Every struggle, favor. Favor right now. Favor. Hands everywhere. Favor 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 of god right now to fight strength to fight the strength to fight in jesus name oh i speak life right now into every dead area of your life in jesus name i speak the voice of god into every silent area in jesus name i speak hope into hopeless situations in jesus name you are not what the enemy has convinced you of you are not the lie of the enemy you are a son and daughter of god this morning and the favor of God rests upon you. Would you just lift both hands to heaven all across this room? Let's just thank him for his favor. Say, thank you, Jesus, for your favor. Thank you for your favor, God. Say, give me the strength to fight. Give me the strength to fight. Whatever battle I'm facing, give me the strength to fight. Would you thank him? Just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Come on, just begin to thank him that he sustained you this far. Come on, begin to thank him for his goodness and his grace. Begin to thank him for his mercy. Begin to thank him for his abundant love and surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I look to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. He's the maker of heaven and earth the one who does not slumber, the one who does not sleep. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen the descendants of Abraham begging for bread. Why? Because the favor of God, the favor of God is in this room today. The favor of God is on this church. May it rest heavy. May it rest heavy right now. May you walk out of here today knowing that you are blessed, highly favored. It's not just Christianese. It's not just Christian speak. We really actually believe it. That we can walk in the favor of God that wherever you put your foot wherever you put your hand that there the favor of God will be also I bless this church in their fourth year and I pray that their fourth year would be a year of favor undeniable favor undeniable miracles undeniable signs and wonders will follow all of those that believe and I pray that it wouldn't just be contained in these four walls but it would follow us to our homes it would follow our children to their schools it would follow us to our workplace it would follow us into every nook and cranny of Plano Texas and the region beyond the fourth year is a year of favor says the Lord. This is a year of the Lord's favor and I declare and decree favor in the atmosphere. That there will be a long list of miracles. There will be a long list of prayer requests answered. There will be a long list of praise reports given. Why? Because the favor of God is here. Can we stand to our feet all across this room and just lift our hands one more time Just thank him for his favor. Just thank him for his favor. Father, we thank you for your favor. We thank you for your favor. Come on, lift your hands and just say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your favor. Oh, God. Oh, Oh, God, we need you. Oh, God, we need you. Oh, God, we need you. Come on, cry out to heaven. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. favor of God is here. The favor of the Lord is here. Thank you, Jesus. As the worship team leads us as we close, I just want to bless you. I just want to let you know that his face is shining upon you. That he's going to be gracious to you and he's going to give peace to you. Now you didn't walk in here today without a fight, but you're walking out of here with favor. You might have walked in here with opposition, but you're walking out of here with opportunity. You're like Paul. You got to stay in Ephesus. In order to stay in Ephesus, you got to fight. Because there's a great open door for work here. Although many oppose me. Let's just sing to the Lord one time if that's okay thank you for listening we love bringing you the word on so many different platforms we are so thankful for what God is doing in and through us we'd love for you to subscribe so you don't miss out and don't forget to share this message if it has blessed you